I will lead off this episode with a couple apologies. First, I've got a cold and I'm a little bit low energy, so I'm admittedly not bringing my A game this week. Paraphrasing, paraphrasing, probably not editing this week either, paraphrasing B.B. King, he said he's the great jazz musician who's playing well into his 80s and I think 90s. B.B. King said, every day I do what I'm best at. And every day I give my best, but sometimes my best isn't as good as others. So I'm giving you my best today, but it's probably not my best. Apology number two, I know this episode's title has a clickbait feel to it. The four things you should do this week, but it's best I could come up with today. Go see apology number one. All right. The premise for today is that most of you are four to eight weeks into your school year and should be falling into a routine at this point. It seems like a good team, a good time to do some poking around and get some vital signs for your school and your leadership. So we'll discuss four things you can do to give you insights for your focus for the next month of school. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email, and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. As always, let's start with celebrations. Today, I'm celebrating two things. Monday's email about my mom's new Porsche generated a lot of reaction, like, this is your best email ever. So thanks everyone for letting me know. It helps me keep going on those days when I'm exhausted, overwhelmed, and have a cold. Second, I've just been offered a publishing contract on my book. It has been a long road, and I'm so excited to be moving forward. Lest you've forgotten, the book is about the six steps to escaping urgency and becoming a people-centric leader instead of an urgent-centered leader. I imagine as the publication date gets closer, I'll be sharing more and more. So, the show. At this point in the year, it's easy to get into a groove. And grooves are good, but how do you stop that groove from becoming a rut? More specifically, how do you make sure you aren't stuck in the urgent rut? Are you getting into classrooms like you promised yourself you would this year? Or are the discipline referrals already undermining your plans? Have you been there for your early career teachers? Or are you relying on the mentor teachers to take care of them? Guess what? Your mentor teachers are as busy as you are. So without further ado, four things you could, you should, do this week. Number one, check in with your early career teachers. Number two, 
Dig into your discipline data to look for patterns to tell you who, where, and when to focus on. Number three, use the five-minute coaching tool to conduct, an, to conduct an informal culture check. Number four, reflect. Okay, that's today's episode of, just kidding, I get goofy when I'm sick and overwhelmed, so just laugh with me today. Let's go into a bit more depth. First one is check in with your ECTs, your early career teachers. Now, I'm talking about early career teachers, not just first year teachers. Teaching is so complex and so much more challenging now than when I began teaching a long time ago. And we really need to get to move our mindset from just supporting teachers, especially in their first year, to really looking at years one to three or even one to five. So check in with those early career teachers in their first couple of years. Why aren't mentors enough? Well, a lot of times mentor teachers don't have the same kind of support, or the same kind of training that you might have in working with teachers. Mentor teachers, as I alluded to, are often overwhelmed themselves. And a lot of times we don't necessarily have the best, the best match between mentors and the mentee. Finally, one of the biggest reasons that teachers leave the profession is because of a lack of connection with administration as well as feeling overwhelmed with discipline and all that other kind of stuff. So that's all about school leadership. That's all about you. So it's really important to check in with your early career teachers. And I would suggest three points that you can check in on. First, ask them how their relationships with students are doing. Or maybe even more importantly, observe how their relationships with students are going. Are they greeting students at the door? Are they calling students by name? Do they smile? Do you see that engagement between teacher and student relationships? The second thing then is management. Do they have those classroom procedures in place? Is there clear evidence that students know how to enter school, that they know enter enter the classroom? Is there clear evidence that they know how to respond to questions, how to listen to lectures, how to break into group work, do transitions, all those different things? Are those classroom procedures in place? Because if they're not, then you're going to be dealing with either excess referrals from that classroom or that teacher's just going to bite the bullet quietly and be very unhappy. A final thing that you need to check in with them on is curriculum. I think this is one of the things that can really fly under the radar, but a lot of beginning teachers can be absolutely overwhelmed with the curriculum. And it's not enough to just say, hey, here's the curriculum standards, because those standards don't really help you organize your teaching. And if you're a veteran teacher, you can take new standards and figure it out. But for our newer teachers, they may need more support than that. So maybe check in and say, hey, do you know what you're teaching next month? Do you have the nine weeks laid out? Do you feel comfortable with that? Do you know what you're teaching next week? Do you know what you're teaching tomorrow? And get a sense for how comfortable they are in their curriculum. And if you get that deer in the headlights look like, how can I plan for three weeks from now? I'm just trying to survive day to day then you might want to think about some tools, 
like some kind of a pacing guide or something like that that you can provide to that teacher to just help take a layer of decision making off of them and give them some comfort and some guardrails. The second thing that you should be doing at this point, I, again, I encourage you to do that this week, dig into your discipline data and start looking for patterns to tell you who, where, and when to focus your time on. Think about who are your high flyers. I mean, you probably know already, but think about your high flyers. And then is there a flight pattern, right? Is there a certain time of day that you see these kids consistently getting in trouble? The other thing I would think about with those folks is making sure that you have some kind of a morning check-in set up. Because if you have someone, you or someone else checking in with that student in the morning, you might be able to identify the challenge days ahead of time and then do some things to mitigate that so that you're providing more supports for these kids on the days that they need it. Also looking at your data, check where and when you have spikes in referrals. Maybe it's the restroom on the E-wing at the beginning of fourth period, right? Look for those patterns and then ask, why? What's happening here? Oh, we thought we had two teachers that were stationed that were supposed to be watching that restroom at the beginning of fourth period. Or we find there's four or five students that consistently are getting out of their class early in fourth period, meeting in the bathrooms, having problems. Look for those patterns and then ask why. What's the underlying cause that explains that pattern? Finally, look for what teachers are sending you the most referrals and then check on those classroom management strategies. If you can help your teachers manage their classrooms better, they're going to be happier, students are going to be happier, parents are going to be happier, and guess what? Every referral that you can save from occurring, you just gain 25, 35, or 45 minutes of time in your day. The third thing to do is to use the five-minute coaching tool to conduct an informal culture check. Remember that five-minute coaching has those three critical questions. What's going well? Have there been any surprises? Is there anything you would do differently? And then we just sandwich that between an opening statement and a closing statement. So it might look like this. Walk down the hall, catch your teachers while they're in or by their rooms in the quietest moment you can find, and make this really informal. So position yourself side by side so that you're lessening any power differential. This is especially true with your newer teachers. And then go through this pattern. Hey, we're four weeks into the school year. I can't believe it. That's your interest statement. Something, you do it whatever you want, but you get the idea. And then start in on the questions. What's going well for you so far? And then just be quiet and listen. You don't don't respond to anything. You want them to know that this is their time to talk. You're just listening because you're just gathering information. Second question, have there been any surprises or has anything surprised you? Third question, is there anything you would do differently? You also could ask that question more about the building. So you could ask, is there anything we should do differently? And that focuses then more at that building level. And then we close the conversation with just some kind of an affirmation or something like, I appreciate you sharing. I'm looking forward to all the great things that you're going to be doing with kids this year. So that's just a simple few questions, a simple technique 
to get a feel for where people are at. And the advantage of this being informal is teachers are more likely to be honest with you. And if there's a small problem right now, you may be able to find out about it before it becomes a big problem later. It's also a great chance if things are going well to do celebrations with your teachers. Finally, the fourth thing, maybe the most important thing, is to reflect. Carve out an hour. Maybe that's a Saturday morning or a Sunday afternoon or Friday night, whatever works for you. Find a quiet place where you won't be interrupted. Turn off your phone. I really encourage you to use old school paper notebook or journal and your favorite pen. If you're super techie and just can't deal with paper, then at least use a pad and, and a stylus so that you're getting that kinesthetic part of writing because it really does help you reflect. So carve out that hour. And then the way I would do it, because I do a lot of writing, is I would just start writing, doing a brain dump of all the stuff that's in my head, and I would just write it all down as it came to me. And then I'd start looking at things and looking for patterns and thinking about what here is important, what's not important, what am I happy about, what am I not happy about. But it would really just be me kind of bobbing my brain all over the page and then seeing what's there. If you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. If you're not comfortable and you would like a little bit more structure, I would do it this way and I'll this will be in the show notes so you can just follow it if you want. But I would begin with celebrations and then I think about are there things that I wish had gone differently or that I would do differently next time? I'd think about what are the things that are frustrating me right now? And then I'd start asking questions. And those questions could be about anything, but especially about the frustrations, right? So one thing we said, why? I would then start recording answers to those questions. And again, don't, don't edit yourself. Don't judge yourself. Just put down what's coming into your mind. Be impulsive in this. Nobody's going to see it except you. Then we can think about, after we do answers, we can start thinking about, okay, well, what are the actions I can take that might actually have an impact. And now we've got all this stuff down. Then we can start thinking about patterns, right? What are the patterns that are emerging of all these different frustrations and the questions and the answers? Where am I seeing patterns emerge? And then I can start thinking about priorities because you can't jump out and change four things at one time. You can maybe, maybe carve out time to attend to one thing. So look at all the stuff that's out there and begin thinking about what is a one priority? What is the one small action that I might be able to take next week that is going to make my life or somebody else's life a little bit better? You could also come up with one word to embrace the mindset that you need to have over the next coming weeks. Maybe it's something like, listen because you want to get better at your listening. You want to become more aware of what's happening. Or maybe it's why. So you know you've got these issues going on and maybe you're kind of impulsive about jumping on stuff and maybe you need to stop and slow down and just make sure that you're asking why before you're jumping in action. So that could be my one word, why. Or maybe you're someone like me who can wear their stress on their face sometimes and when I get really focused and I get overwhelmed, I get this scowl 
And if that's you, then maybe your one word could be smile. So I hope that's enough of an example and explanation of how you would come up with one word. I think the big thing on this is just go wherever your mind and your heart take you. The purpose is really to help you do a brain dump so you can begin to see the patterns and make decisions about where to focus your efforts. As we wrap this up, I wanna bring your attention to notice that numbers one through three, checking in with your early career teachers, digging into your discipline data and the five minute coaching to get an informal culture check. Those three things are all about gathering data. And number four, that reflection is about figuring out what all that data means. Certainly, you don't have to do any of these things and most APs probably won't. But most APs are probably already caught in the black hole of urgency and will still be there in June. If you wanna be different, ask more questions, listen to the answers, and invest in reflecting on what you've learned. This is the path to being more intentional and having a bigger, longer lasting impact on kids and teachers. And bonus, you will live and lead better. Thank you for including me on your journey. I look forward to seeing you on Friday when we debrief this week's emails. I'll recap my mom's Porsche story, so it should be fun. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. Rating the show really helps others find it. And if you want to be a super fan, continue leaving a, consider leaving a review. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Cheers. Mm-hmm.